0: This episode of the Gentleman's Scofflaw Law podcast is brought to you by Patreon and the Gentleman's Scoff Law merchandise page. Go to GentlemanScoffLaw.com. In the menu, click the support or shop links to help support the show. You are listening to the Gentleman's Scoff Law podcast. Listener, beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best
1: be on my way.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the Renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, co hosting with me in person as usual and sick as usual. Yeah, seriously. Is the Don. Don Fowler, how are you doing? Sick as a dog. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know, know man. how many episodes we recorded were either you and me were sick or
2: we were both sick. It's individually. such a, it's such a, such a chore. <laughs> such uh, a chore. I, I, uh, <laughs> I woke up this morning and I was just like, oh. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those summer colds, I guess. I thought I was over this. You it sure it's not you allergic to stuff? I don't think so, because this is like, although I do think it's stress-induced, you know? I think it's a lot of like, you know, just when you have heavy workloads and stuff, you know, you yeah. start to stress out a little bit more. But... That being said, hopefully that's the case and then all this can be cured with a little bit of whiskey and a lot of sleep. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe switch <laughs> that, reverse it.
0: Speaking of which, <laughs> let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping here. What do we got? What are we drinking here?
2: We are drinking a knob creek single barrel reserve, which is yeah. Kentucky's straight bourbon whiskey. And uh, I do declare, I, oh, I do declare, I, I don't know if that's a Kentucky accent or not, but I, I, I respect that. You got it uh, resting on her Kentucky double like coaster. I, I, I feel like if I was uh, listening to, if I was watching Justified a little bit more often, I'd know <laughs> what a Kentucky accent is. I think what I'm saying here is more of like a Florida panhandle kind of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, that'd be, yeah, call us out on that if, if you if you know. Um, but apparently it's a small batch that was aged nine years so it's good. and you can Strong. taste it. It's great, man. I I was, I was, uh, like I said, I was like best medicine for a common cold is you know a lot of whiskey. So I'm I'm happy with this a one. A lot of whiskey,
0: and uh, we've got them resting on our uh, our Kentucky double coasters here. Although we're not smoking today, probably not the best thing if you're sick.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought about that. I was like, oh, Should I have brought my pipe? And I was like, Idiot! You're freaking like no. your throat is inflamed right now. Don't smoke. No, that's no good. It it's,
0: doesn't feel good to smoke when you're when you're sick. At least for me, I don't know. Some people, some guys, do it, but for me, I like no, to enjoy no. my pipe or or cigar. Even back
2: when I was smoking cigarettes, it was like I'd have to take a break. Yeah, like I'd have to take a break, and it was always annoying because you're you were just like your body was screaming out for nicotine, and you're just like, Yeah. let me get well.
0: Is that when you just did you just get the patch or what do you do? Did
2: no, you just I just I just went cold turkey. Just went cold turkey and then the the moment I got well I just lit up. <laughs> I was like that's over.
0: Did you get the sweats?
2: Um the nicotine sweats. You know it's funny when I quit uh cigarettes I don't remember going through any of those symptoms other than just cravings. And I smoked a lot. I mean like yeah. for a couple of years, off and on, but like still like I was I was pretty dedicated you would say. And, uh, I don't remember going through any of the, the nicotine withdrawal, but I think that's for people who probably have smoked like considerable amount of their lives.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, I think it also depends on gen- genetics because I like for a while I would even, I even got into like using the e-cigarettes cause I never smoked cigarettes, but I'm like, Oh, I want to smoke a pipe inside, but I, I got to work and I can't go out cause it's right. raining or whatever. And, uh, you know, and then there was like a maybe a period of like two weeks where I was like doing it every day and was like, this has got to stop. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And then like you months would to, go you, by and you you I went didn't even lady, think of it.
2: You went <laughs> up to Lady and yeah. said, I think I have a problem. i <laughs> have a problem. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck. Um, <laughs> so
0: I don't know why that, why that is. that uh, maybe, maybe there's something in cigarettes specifically, but I think it's also genetic depending on how r- your
2: body can write us, Write us in listener mail if you have any experience with this. I mean, also, I was trying to quit all the time. Like, typically, it was always like, oh, this will be my last pack. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, got to live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gotta live a little. Gotta live a little. <laughs> um, but uh, so you know, I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Hey, by the way, I forgot to give a little uh, shout out later on on the show.
0: We've got our guest is author and columnist Joel Stein. Yep, really funny guy. Very Wrote funny guy. Wrote a funny book about fatherhood. Uh, so happy Father's Day! By the way, it's Father's Day yes, weekend.
2: Happy Father's Day
0: to all the fathers out there, or yeah. people that have fathers or father figures in your life. Yep. Um, <laughs>
2: all, all the Fajas out there, as, as gold, oh, uh, his as father, gold, as gold member would say, <laughs> his faja. What? It's, those movies faja. are so
0: stupid, but I still think they're funny. oh, they're great. Man. I know that takes away, sometimes it takes away my comedian
2: card. But I don't know. I mean, I think, du- there's <laughs> I think nothing, they're funny. There's nothing like Dutch jokes to get you, you know. <laughs> Get your get your jollies off. Good old Dutch jokes. All
0: right, have you seen this uh, going around? Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? you heard about this? <laughs> heard about this say? Um, apparently mm. there's a school okay. that instead of sending their kids to detention, yeah, they send them to yoga class. Okay. And apparently, the results have been really good. Like
2: r- defined really good. I don't know, I'm trying to click the article. <laughs> read
0: it. it just says oh, wow. and the
2: results are wow. incredible. You didn't even read this article, I did just you? Saw it you just up. saw the headline.
0: Yeah. Wow. But wow. Some, there's these little videos of these kids, these elementary yeah. school kids doing yoga. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like maybe I'm an old fogey, but I feel like knowing me and what a what a a troublemaker kid I was yeah I don't think yoga classes would have corrected
2: my behavior well <laughs> let's put it this way I mean one if this if this school, has the capacity for a yoga class? I'm kind of thinking that it's probably one that all the troublemaking kids aren't sent to. I don't know. I should probably read the article. But like a
0: Montessori, or what do they call it?
2: Yeah, right. What,
0: uh, what's the actual word for that? I was called. I think Mont- it's Montessori. Yeah. Is it right?
2: Montessori. Yeah, my mm. girlfriend went to a Montessori oh. uh, high school, and she was telling me all about it recently, which is it was it was interesting. It was like kind of cultish. It was very strange. <laughs> I think PewDiePie also went to a Montessori. Like, he talked about that at one point. But they're all over the place. Yeah. But that being said, this place sounds very experimental, and it sounds like they have the room to experiment in that they probably don't have the worst kids. Like I said, I don't know. I'd like to see them try that in, like, a South yeah. Central school and see how that fares because most likely it ain't going to do very well.
0: In all, uh, uh, I think this is a more... Uh, from what I could tell from, uh, it seems like it was in a more, it uh,
2: uh, doesn't, a more, what do you call it? What's the, what's the. Like uh new age, like kind of like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know.
0: But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like giving, giving kids tools to deal with their anger and problems. Maybe yoga is a good thing because it forces you to slow down and there's kind of a meditation aspect to Yeah, it and stuff. I, I, so could, I, could, I thing, mean, maybe, I, I'm
2: not coming out against it all the, like all, like 100% I mean I feel like that there's definitely some benefits to like looking at maybe uh maybe it is time to just like a timeout sort of kind of thing but at the same time I feel like I've heard some horror stories lately of schools just being like terrible with their discipline and like like, there's no such thing as suspension anymore. There's no such thing as expulsion. They let kids watch Netflix in the classroom. You know, no, it's geez. just like, it's like ridiculous. And is it's that like, real? Does yeah, that that's 100% real. I was talking to somebody who was teaching. They were substitute teaching, and it just sounded like a nightmare. I
0: got detention for talking in my classroom while I got, the teacher was talking.
2: I got JUG. <laughs> I got JUG, which is what uh, Rockers High School in Kansas City. It was a Jesuit high school, and they called yeah. it JUG, and it, stu- it stood for Justice Underground god Uh and you you were sent to the jug room and uh
0: the catholic schools always have the best
2: best discipline yeah yeah for sure and it was (laughs) well and you don't even know i mean my dad uh he was he went to the same school and in the 70s you had like uh jesuit fathers like throwing kids against lockers and like you know like smashing kids heads into desks i mean mm-hmm. it was like it was it was a yeah, little it was a different time a little over the <laughs> top when i say smashing kids heads into desks it's not like you know it's 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 not like uh like an episode of nypd yeah, blue yeah not necessarily like that but definitely extreme and like some more physical side of punishment yeah. and i don't necessarily condone that but like uh i remember the thing with us was i got i got jugged for wearing cowboy boots like, really? uh, because we had a uniform and we had to, we had to stick to it. It was like dress pants, uh, you know, a button shirt and, uh, dress shoes. Yeah. And I thought, well, cowboy boots are basically dress shoes. If you yeah. shine them up and you keep them clean. Yeah.
0: They're just, they just gotta, they, you hide the them under your pant leg, right? Wouldn't it be? Yeah. That?
2: I mean, well, but then you can still see the heel and stuff. I mean, you, you oh, can like, okay. you can, that you can tell that they're cowboy boots. And I remember Dean, uh, what was his last name? I can't remember. We called him Dirty Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dirty day. Yeah. this Dean who I can't remember what his last name was. He was a good guy, yeah. but he was just trying to hold things together. You know, it's like you got an all boys school and you're trying to, you know, you got, you got to bring down the hammer every once in a while. But I remember I was chilling in the hallway during activity period, which was like 15 minutes of just free time. And, uh, I was like taking a nap or something and he tripped over my cowboy boots and, oh, he, no. and he saw them and he said, Oh, Mr. Fowler, that's a jug. I was like, I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, I go down to use that with my kids. I go down to the, I go down to the jug room and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of sorted characters in there and, what happens is, is you get the option of, well, you don't get the option. You get, they basically, they bring the janitors in and the janitor, this, the is, a, janitors, this is after school. Are they the board? <laughs> yeah, this is very fancy, very fan, the fanciest janitors. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very, it was, it was, a very equal opportunity kind of situation. But anyways, they brought the janitors in. And, um, the janitors would pick, uh, some, you know, guys out to go and do like janitor work with them after school. And that was always preferred because I don't remember specifically what it was, but I remember if you had to stay in the jug room, you basically had to do what they called numbers. And it was this very kind of monotonous, stupid, complicated math problem of just adding, subtracting, multiplying and all this stuff. And I hated math, and I was just like – and you had to do three pages of this, I think, by the, by the end. Really? You probably had to stay there like an hour or two.
0: They should have just got the kids to do all their accounting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well – Cook the books for them. I could have <laughs> just – yeah, I could have just met my future uh, – yeah, my future accountant in that, uh, in that class. But anyways, it was, it was, it was an interesting – interesting time that's crazy like
0: i didn't have much i had detention and stuff you know but it, and i didn't have that like any discipline like that well it's discipline. funny looking
2: back at some of the discipline in school and stuff like that i just wish that i would have taken a little bit more risks because you're so terrified in time yeah you, you know, realize you know, like, as an adult that they had zero power <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> although like, it's different in a private i didn't school. want to be a punk about it but i also didn't want to like you know be so afraid of the establishment you know in school to be like you know
0: well i think that i was i went too far the other way where i felt like i i sort of knew that they didn't have as much control as as they 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 said they did yeah and i was like a lot of the times i didn't do my homework i would kind of do what i wanted like all yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and enjoy myself as a kid because i knew that like you know none of this stuff was going to matter and especially in the <laughs> way that canadian school works we're like you go to two years of pre-college basically called Cégep, yeah. at least in quebec and then like when i got there that's when i you know got serious about the academics did, right you know all that stuff and then like what like it was like high school doesn't matter
2: <laughs> for sure i mean um, it's yeah no it, it's it's it, to a certain extent, it's definitely true. Yeah. And gotta live, you know. Gotta live. Light up. Smoke uh, them if you got them.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on this next one, but I thought it was pretty funny. It's uh, going around uh, Twitter. Uh, modern day depictions of Noah's Ark okay. share an unexpected detail.
2: Okay. Now I'm going to wait. So modern day depictions means like murals of Noah's Ark,
0: murals, books. Uh, you know, you know, maybe oh, children's books, toys. I think I see where this is going.
2: Um, I think I see where this is going. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to pull it up here so I could have you look at it. Oh boy! Right, I'll have you look at this uh, this image here, but I won't let you read the text of it.
2: All right. I I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Uh-oh. I already read the show. You notes, already read this, so I know okay. what it is. But that being said, I'm gonna guess, given that I've already read the show notes, <laughs> and say that there is a certain homosexual couple on that arc. There is. Yes.
0: And uh it's the Lions. Yes. Now. And, uh, it's a weird thing. Right. Because this is almost consistent across the board in a lot of children's books and games yeah. and stuff. Yeah. There's always two lions and they both have manes,
2: which should mean that they were both Males. male lions. Yes. So, I don't know. I well, thought what that if, was pretty here's funny. the question. Here's the question. Yeah. Now, I'm not a biblical scholar and I don't claim to be, <laughs> but I wonder if there was more than one set of lions on that boat and maybe <laughs> just the two buddies, two buddies just got up on deck. or like just, you know, having a smoke out on deck, you know, getting away from the wives for a little while, <laughs> having a drink, you know, some seawater maybe. <laughs> um, No, but that being said, I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, you know, it, it seems to go, it seems to run counterintuitive to what, <laughs> noah would have been going for it <laughs> but, yeah, but maybe the whole purpose of having yeah, two of them was so mean, that they could procreate yeah exactly so <laughs> so there's 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 definitely something off there but uh <laughs> but yeah i the only thing that i can imagine and chalk this up to is that um animators one aren't that smart and two or or they're trying to push a big old gay agenda <laughs> on, all of everybody no but i mean like, i
0: feel like feel like kids would be like look at the lion yeah. and go oh we've got a lion we've got a cat yeah. because if it's a cartoon it would just look like a cat right as opposed to a lion sure. maybe that's why they i mean maybe maybe why it's so i just prevalent. feel
2: bad that i've been lied to this entire time <laughs> but um i mean really I, I you know the interesting here's an interesting fact about lions that i've i found out is that um, yes, there are no, I think, female lions with manes, no. but there are male lions without. Yeah. And I think the... um, I think it depends on the species. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. You're right. Like the uh, the whatever those man eaters that they they made the ghost, they called them the ghost in the darkness. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, it was a good movie, actually. But those lions had manes. No, they, they didn't. Didn't? Did the it? movie lions had oh, manes. Oh, no. But in real life, if you go to the Chicago, the Mandela effect in and my you brain. See, <laughs> the, are you saying that just because it's Africa? No, <laughs> we all know what the Mandela. We all know what the Mandela effect is, of course. But you should explain it to everybody. No. <laughs> but uh, but I've got a few conspiracy theorist friends that. Would be glad to explain uh, it. I, I, we, could, we could channel. go down the rabbit hole of the Mandela effect, but to me it's on the same level as Flat Earth, where I'm like, why, <laughs> why, why like even if this was a thing, why are we obsessing over it? It yeah. seems so dumb. But anyways, that being said, the ghosts in the darkness were both male lions, I think, who didn't have manes. Mm. And if you go to the Chicago museum, uh, you see that they the the stuffed lions, the actual lions themselves. What were they, they were the savo maybe savo man eaters or something these lions were legendary i mean like you should read about it because if you haven't seen the movie it's even more impressive because some of the things that these lions did it was like like the the railroad workers that were that were being preyed upon by these lions literally thought they were demonic i mean it was like they they were weird like it was a weird phenomenon but um in the movie they gave them mains much like these biblical scholars <laughs> who drew these children's <laughs> sketches of of Noah's Ark, gave the manes. I think for the dr- dramatic aspect yeah, of he it, just so much to communicate. Scarier. Yeah, to communicate. Oh, this is a lion, you yeah. know, as opposed to oh, this might just be a like a big. Oh, it's no just house a cat.
0: female lion. Yeah.
2: Oh, which is ironic because the female lions, I think, also do most of the hunting. Yeah. If I'm correct, and maybe actually maybe the Savo uh, man-eaters were—if I'm even saying that right—were female. They may have been female, but I do know that it's supposed to be like I think the females do most of the hunting in the pride. That's crazy. So Simba's a lazy, lazy little, yeah,
0: little complaining
2: lion, yeah. Uh, little emo line. just waiting for dad to die so he can <laughs> take over. It's probably Father's Day, right?
0: Speaking of Father's Day, you know, let's go to a little uh, segment. With I don't know if this is a this segment deserves its own bump. I mean, do but you
2: have a bump for this segment?
0: No, but I could I could make one up. Let's, we can make one up
2: right now. Uh, what's the segment called? It's called Funny Dad Stories. Oh, here, here, hear The music. All right. We now turn to. Funny dad stories. There you go. Yeah, there we go. That that guy came back. Okay, yeah. get out of here. Get out of here, Higgins.
0: Uh, I might just have to get you to do the rest of the I'll to, I'll get you to do all the bumps, so I don't have to pay that guy to yeah, do. Yeah, once you. once I get well again, my kidding. voice
2: is going to come back, and you, you won't be able to use me.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, it's because it's Father's Day. Yeah. What, uh, I was thinking it'd be fun to tell some fun dad stories that we have of growing up, uh, with our fathers. Um, do you have any off the top of your head that, uh, like memories that you could, memories. both our dads are
2: still alive. This, <laughs> no, we're not, <laughs> thank God.
0: I'm not dead. <laughs> you bastards.
2: I get a call and he's like, he's like, why are you talking about me? Like past tense. <laughs> Bra. Um, I would say it's funny whenever you cue somebody up for this kind of stuff, it's like, obviously I have so many memories of my dad. Uh, but I, I like whenever you cue somebody up for it, it's yeah. always like y- your brain goes, in, at least my brain goes into, uh, like, it's like that windows shut down sound like that. Do, 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 do. And I'm <then> like, <laughs> man, um, but I, I, one, one thing that I was talking about with you beforehand was that, uh, so my dad was, uh, a lot of people have, like, bad vacation stories and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, like people like to focus on how bad vacations were. My vacations growing up were great, and yeah. we took road trips. I mean, there were seven kids in my family, and we had a Suburban. And uh, <laughs> It's a lot of kids in oh, a really big we t- Okay, so here's a segue, and we may not even have to get into the original story I was going to tell. <laughs> so, my dad was... <laughs> My dad was telling this story actually recently because we were in Phoenix and we were talking about, so we would load up the white Suburban. It was always a white Suburban. Like I felt like my dad wasn't going to get caught dead driving a minivan. (laughs) Like it was going to be a white Suburban. And I mean, granted, I I would say for us, the Suburban was probably the right way to go. And usually what, what it was is that like in the first generation white Suburban, which was a 95, I think. Uh, we strapped a uh, a little VHS like combo player TV in there. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, we would watch. Like typically, we would go to Colorado and that, and on um, put it and, plug it yeah. in the cigarette lighter. Plug it in the and cigarette we do lighter. We that too on
0: our Michigan trips,
2: as and, kids. Yeah, and we'd watch. Uh, like I remember, we were driving through like the Colorado mountains, and like the mountains made my mom think of the sound of music. So we watched Sound of Music. <laughs> go, <laughs> so instead of looking at the yeah. Sound of Music, <laughs> you were watching it well, on a TV in the car for a good ten seconds. It was like, oh, look at the mountains, and then like, oh. Time to music time. All right. Let's <laughs> let's get lost in the hills of Austria. Uh and Nazis. But uh but anyway, so you know, we we had like a lot. Of, so as the family grew, uh, you know, we would uh typically the 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 situation in the car would change. So I think the first suburban we had probably had like uh a cons like a you know whatever glove compartment console in the front. So it was two yeah. seats, two seats, three seats, three seats. And, uh, that was enough. And then once we got the second generation suburban, which I think it was a 2001 and it was still, it was another white suburban. My dad had specially ordered a, um, a custom seat, like a two seat, like a bench that we could ratchet into the back. Like the, you know how like the tailgate comes up yeah, and there's just storage space back there. So he would, he, he had this custom made, and he would ratchet it in back there, and there is barely any leg room, but it didn't really matter <laughs> because it was basically my little sister Briege and my brother Patrick back there, and they were very young. Like I want to say they they were the two youngest in the family, yeah. So they were shorter, and um, so it became like I think there was like a bench seat in the front, which that was like the last of the bench seats. Like you don't see bench seats anymore at all, but yeah. like there's bench seat in the front. There was like a bench seat in the middle and then bench seat third row and then there was this little custom seat in the back and uh my brother was always on like cooler duty which was basically <laughs> like we would have a big old cooler in the back yeah and he would have to he would wear like a uh like a rubber glove and he would have to reach into the cooler, like, and avoid frostbite and get like, <laughs> like a Coke or something for my dad to keep him awake as he drove. And I remember as he was driving, I think I told you this on the way to Phoenix that one time that like as he was driving, I would like try to stay awake because I was like, if I'm falling asleep, my dad has to be falling asleep, <laughs> and if that's happened, if that happens, we're all dead. So like oh, I got to be ready to like jump in there. Anyway, so the the long and the short of it is what we were recollecting about. This last Phoenix trip was, um, my uncle was, was joking because he remembers taking a road trip with us and seeing us at one point, um, pull off into a McDonald's or something. And, uh, we all stopped and then, you know, we're getting out of the car and it's like my mom and dad get out. Then they open the doors for us. And then you have like one, two, three kids get out. And then you have like, you have like one, two. Th- or you know one one two more get out and like people are just watching like these kids like just <laughs> like flow out of the car. car yeah and then you know it's like oh surely that's it and then yeah. all of a sudden my dad pops like the back window and he just like takes this like toddler out of the back <laughs> you know just reach it like like this toddler has to do like an acrobatic act to get out but uh but yeah anyways it was it was it was a pretty funny uh Funny situation. (laughs) My original story was basically that we would go to Disneyland and uh, we I think we went a couple times when we were originally vacationing and uh, once again seven kids, kind of a difficult situation in Disneyland, a lot of lines and stuff, not as many fast passes so what he would do is my dad, and now I don't think he can do this because of the uh, electronic situation there, but my dad was great at conning the fast pass takers (laughs) and it was basically involved just swarming him with the with kids like all of us would just start going in and then my dad would act like he was trying to wrangle us but he would give the fast passes to this fast pass taker and it was usually there would be like two on the top that were legitimate and then there'd be like three that were maybe outdated and then the rest would just be the invalid fast passes <laughs> that have massive black bars. Which I don't even know why they give you those because they look like real fast passes, yeah. <laughs> except for the black bars. And uh, I, I honestly think most of these, ki- like these teenagers who were manning these stations, probably were just like, you know what, screw it, just let, <laughs> let, let, let it, let it be, you know. Uh, so it, yeah, it was, That's it was always funny. pretty funny. My dad was, yeah. So my dad was uh, pretty good at. Uh, vacation planning vacations and and giving us showing us good time
0: my my dad always like and he's still to this day like he's like he can get in anywhere and get to anyone yeah
2: like he's like (laughs) sounds like a Jason, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne, <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and he's a uh, really accomplished at J- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh my
0: God, it's Jason Bourne, <laughs> and carries every day. So maybe he is Jason Bourne. Okay, I'm done. But, but he's uh, uh, he's always been able to get into places that he shouldn't be, and uh, I think some of it is just like sheer confidence uh-huh. that nobody questions him. It's a so big part, part of it. that, but um. Like, and he would always, he'd always just like walk right into things and like past security and stuff. Like I remember one time, um, as a kids, um, he had a friend that played for the Philadelphia Flyers and we, I forget where we were when we went and saw, maybe it was a Montreal game. I don't remember. It could have been out of state, um, or out of the country. Um. And, uh, we were going to go visit him in the locker room afterwards, but they don't let anybody back there. And you typically, they have to come and get you and all that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I remember the security guard at first was like, you know, kind of, um, you know, it was like, Oh, well, who are you here to see? Okay. Well, we'll wait. We'll have to wait kind of thing. Yeah. And at one point my dad, we just came back and he walked right in looking backwards like he was talking to someone he was like all right we can go in there. okay well, all right thanks guys and I'm like we can go in. <laughs> and here we are with all the reporters a bunch of naked nhl uh, pro hockey players, oh, including, a, what, what uh, Eric dream. Lindros, who I got to sign, uh, my nice. school book because I had an Eric Lindros binder. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Kevin Deneen was his friend. Um, <laughs> did
2: he say, uh, <laughs> excuse me, son, my eyes are up here. <laughs> yeah,
0: excuse me. So <laughs> it was an early education, yeah. but, um, <laughs> those guys were just given interviews completely.
2: They ma- on. You know, they make a joke about that in uh, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's true. Where, like the woman's like taking an interview and it's yeah. like the guy is just buck, you know, buck ass naked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, that's weird. Yeah. That's it bizarre. Is. But I mean, I guess at that point. I bet you it couldn't go on nowadays. At that point, yo, probably. But like at that point, I think you're just like so. I mean, it's like that one time somebody asked uh, Tiger Woods a political question or something. And he yeah. was like, to be honest, guys, I just played like so many rounds of golf and i'm pretty hungry so i'm just gonna go (laughs) you know it's like you're you're so exhausted you probably don't care yeah yeah
0: but i just remember he would do that stuff and he always used to say if you have a clipboard and a headset you can get in anywhere that's a good point (laughs) so
2: in this in in these days it would be an ipad and a, a pair of uh uh like Apple Pod, Pod AirPods well, I
0: feel like too If you're talking on your phone Like that really too. serious You could walk past And like You know Seem like you're doing business I've or definitely
2: I've definitely I feel like at movie theaters That's the thing Is that if you act Super confident And just walk Like kind of through The Or even like Tag on to a group I, I'm not yeah. saying I've ever done this But I have like Had instances of where I don't know why But at the Grove Like I think for a while The men's <coughs> excuse me the men's restroom was like outside what the 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 uh a little late there on that one thanks it was more <laughs> I was like
0: listening to your story oh
2: gosh useless no i'm kidding um but uh but the uh oh, that that was, <laughs> that was nice the and, picked that one that Oh my gosh anyways b- long story short i got back into the movie theater by acting like i was i was part of a crowd that i wasn't really part of
0: well, that'll work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because confidence.
0: <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to go do a quick little break and we'll be back with Joel Stein, author and columnist. Now, this segment is brought to you by audible.com. And for you, the listeners of the Gentleman's Call Flop podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, now, they're a great website, and if you like listening to podcasts, you'd like listening to audiobooks. Um, and again, with this free trial, you can download any title you would like. Um, I would recommend If At Birth You Don't Succeed, written by my good friend and friend of the show, Zach Anner, um, he's a hilarious guy, and he reads his own audiobook, which is rare. So that's a bonus. So, download his book today. He's a guest of the show. You can listen to his book for free. Now, audiobooks are great. Um, they work just like, you know, listening to a podcast. If you like listening to podcasts, you like listening to audiobooks while you're sitting there, you know, uh, cooking dinner or uh, you're, you know, at work, uh, you know, typing some emails. Or maybe you're you're stuck in LA traffic like I am, or maybe you're you know it's a weekend and you're just uh, sitting back and uh, doing some uh, Pinterest crafts uh, that you've always wanted to do that you've had there on your board just waiting for you to to, to tackle. Uh, you might as well listen to an audiobook while doing that. And and people don't know that you, you killed two birds with one stone. You made an amazing Pinterest craft, and you listen to the book. Now, I don't know which of our listeners are making Pinterest crafts, but um, there are some pretty manly crafts you can do on Pinterest. So go to audibletrial.com gentscofflaw to get your free audiobook download and your free 30-day trial today. You won't regret it. All right, I'm um, excited to have this guest, uh, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, he is an.
3: My awesome. name's not Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think you were talking to Donovan oh, today? Yeah. yeah, I thought oh, so. This is going to be bad. That's yeah, a, this that, is
0: this is already going that's, horribly that's wrong. That's embarrassing. He's uh, so
3: talented too, that <laughs> mellow yellow song.
0: Yeah. I know. Um, well, I'll introduce you to our listeners so they know who's who's uh, talking right now. Not Donovan. Uh, uh, not Donovan. Uh, author nope. and columnist, uh, Joel Stein. Now, among many other things, you have a seem you have a long resume. Uh, but well, I'll stick with those for now. We'll get into the rest of it. <laughs> How you doing, man?
3: I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm excited to uh, to be a, a, I've always pronounced it differently than you guys. I thought it was a Scoplaw.
0: No, yeah, you got it. That's, well, right. that's fine. That's about right. Why what yeah. did we say? What was different yeah. what did sounds, we say
3: different? Maybe one of you has a slight Canadian accent for some reason. Yeah, oh, baby. that does. Yeah, I mean that, I'm this I Quebec, did grow
0: up in Quebec. So. Quebecois over here. Yeah. Did you really grow up in Quebec? Yeah, I did. <laughs> like, it's everything, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean I'm on I guess I'm kind of a native French speaker, but it wouldn't it wouldn't Wait uh, Jordan, say scofflaw. law
3: See? Yeah. Does that sound yeah, Canadian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's sorry about it.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. You leave your um, stamp. Yeah, I, I mean, I've tried. I've tried hard to not have a Canadian accent growing up there. So, are um, ashamed
3: yeah. of being a Canadian? <laughs> a little
0: bit. Really? <laughs> right now, I
3: feel like among a certain set of Americans, that's the the hot thing to be.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Can, really? Canada is just such a silly, a silly place,
1: especially I, Quebec. I, I,
0: <laughs> but, I really am.
2: Yeah. I've never been so um, I can't I can't Canada? speak to it I've never it's no. the
3: closest country to well it's I guess true. Not LA.
2: it's true have you I, been to Mexico I've never I've not been to Mexico although I am gonna make a trip this summer so have Mexico
3: state we'll, of California ever
2: I have left the city yes <laughs> I, I, have, entered, I okay? have entered the ocean at one point Okay. I've entered international waters at one point. It was fun.
3: So it's a sophisticated crowd I'm talking about today. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: very, very... well well traveled men. <laughs>
0: um for, let's let's give a little background uh to our listeners that don't know you Joel. Um that, you know about uh how you got into I guess you know writing and uh and and you know just a little bit of your background so they can know where you're coming from.
3: Um um jeez, that's a lot of information. Uh, I don't know. I have so many lies that I've spun, after I figure out what the story is. Uh, I, I guess I thought I would become a lawyer in college, because yeah. I didn't know anyone who, I only knew there were three occupations. I was like a Jew from the suburbs. I knew there was accountants, lawyers, doctors. I think that was it. There the only options I was aware of. Yeah. And I, I always liked writing, so I wrote for the school paper, I wrote a column for my college paper, And I had some cool internships at college that made me think that I could do this for a living. And then I graduated and spent two years fact-checking, one of which I worked for Martha Stewart. And then I got a job at a magazine called Time Out New York. And then I got a job from there two years later at Time Magazine where I worked for like 20 years. Wow. Nice. That's it. That's all you need to know. We're done.
0: That's it. (laughs) Well, you're also a very – You're a funny writer, which I like, I appreciate with a kind of comedic background. Um, And I've seen you, um, you know, a bunch of appearances and interviews, Um, you know, you're a lot of fun to talk to. So it's not like like when you hear somebody, you know, writes for time or whatever, you would think that it'd be a kind of stuffy, you know, personality. A real real stuff shirt.
3: Because I'm I'm not that funny as you probably have gathered by now, but (laughs) within the confines of Time Magazine, I was hilarious, right? (laughs) (laughs) So... I think I got really lucky, which is I got to write a humor column in time and the bar is pretty low as a time reader. Cause you're just not expecting it. <laughs> so when I started in like writing that column, I think in 1998 uh, people were either delighted or horrified by half and half, but it was just not, you, you know, you don't expect to pick up time magazine and see a page wasted. And it really was because there weren't that many pages This is before the internet. So it was like, Instead of reading about Bosnia that week, you wrote about like how I don't like pubic hair. (laughs) I mean, literally, that stuff happened, and so I think it really annoyed a lot of readers, and it it surprised a lot of other people.
0: You were the original troll before before the
3: internet
2: troll.
3: I don't know if I was trolling because I certainly (laughs) had permission, but I definitely was like a blogger.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, nice change Uh, of pace, anyways. Yeah,
3: Yeah. it was it was an interesting time because um, I've been listening to Howard Stern. Being interviewed by all these people on like Fresh Air and by Mm -hmm. Conan O'Brien, and it reminded—I mean, he started. I was listening to him when I was, you know, in junior high and high school in New Jersey. But it just reminded me that that was a time, even early '90s. uh, I mean, late '90s, probably 2000s, when you could really shock people and get a lot of attention just by talking about sex. Yeah, which is not true. true at all anymore. I mean, I wrote a column in college where I went to um, a sper- to become a sperm donor. And I wrote about it and it was just shocking. And it was right before I think Seinfeld did his masturbation episode, which was also shocking. Yeah. And those things just aren't punk anymore at all. No. Yeah. So it, so the world is it's hard to even remember back before there was the internet, before there was blogs, what you know, when the when the bar was you know for entry was so so high, or, or at least uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, the barrier was big, and so, yeah. so that's when I was getting a lot of attention back then.
0: Did you ever, early on, like in even in school assignments, where did you ever kind of attempt that kind of writing to kind of shock or, or you know, bait um, <laughs> teachers or anything in in school?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone, maybe including my wife, has ever asked me that, but yeah. I did, even in college, and it wasn't necessarily even to bait them. I just. I had a real distaste even yeah. for for academic writing mm. and the kind of writing we were taught. And I felt like it was just not human. And it wasn't a good way to convey information. So yeah. I would write. And I just, it was, it was one of those people who, maybe these people don't exist anymore, but when I read Catcher in the Rye when I was in junior high, that first-person voice just really seemed... Honest, and truth and real and truthful in a way that I hadn't experienced before so So writing like that was very appealing to me Sometimes somewhat to my detriment, but sometimes it worked out. Well, do
2: you have other influences? I mean you mentioned Howard Stern and obviously, you know Catcher in the Rye, but uh, any other things that influenced you along that route?
3: Yeah, you know a lot of people I've been listening to these other interviews and talking to a friend who was just over here uh who's in the groundlings and for a lot of people siren live was a real lodestar. Mm -hmm. and i liked Sarant live as a kid but that wasn't that wasn't what i aspired to be like the idea of sketch comedy didn't appeal to me as much as like david letterman was probably the biggest thing to me
1: yeah
3: followed by a bunch of comedy people who wrote funny books like dave barry and roy blount jr and um there's a slew of them, just people who wrote very funny spy magazine. It's really oh, important bright, but it was, you know, when I think about it, it was that fic- it was nonfiction kind of stuff compared to, um, SNL or even, uh, even shouts and murmurs in the New Yorker that always, that fake stuff always seemed a little, I, I didn't have a real feel for it.
0: Yeah. It's, um, you mentioned like funny authors and stuff. Well, I growing up, uh, one of my favorite books that I got a hold of in you know middle school was Carl Reiner had a book of short oh, yeah. stories. I don't know if you've read this called I think it's called How How Paul Robeson Saved My Life and Other Short Stories or something like that. I don't know if you've read that. No, but it's it's got some great you know great short stories in it. Some of them are just like written as letters, like back and forth letters, or just like he just bounces around from all these different genres. He's a he's a great storyteller. Carl he Reiner, is. Yeah. And uh, I just remember like trying to copy that that kind of thing in school yeah. as a writer, and then like my 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 teachers just not appreciating. Yeah. It
3: at all. It's so important to when you're first starting out to copy people. Yeah. To, to, it's a, one of the greatest assignments I was ever given in in high school was uh, an English teacher told us to write a story in whoever whatever famous author's voice we wanted to. Yeah, and awesome. it really taught me a lot about writing. I went to Carl Reiner's house for lunch not long ago.
0: Oh, really? That's awesome.
3: It was awesome. Wow. Um, he's he's work, He's still writing books. He gave me this book he wrote, um, which is this. It's the same sentence. God, what is the sentence? Because it makes sense if you know the sentence. It's the <laughs> same over and over again for 250 pages. Oh, wow. Um, I forgot. Oh, it has. Sounds
2: like a real shining situation going on. <laughs> Did you start screaming when you opened it up?
3: I didn't. He's an older gentleman. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't eat much of his matzo ball soup, but it was so cool in <laughs> at his house and hanging out with him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. a legend. That would be awesome. Man,
0: he's so old, too. Has he, he pushed is, 100 yeah. he's, yet?
3: He's pushing I it. I don't think so. He's definitely his 90s. Gosh. But, but yeah. He, and he's, like, super sharp about certain things. Like, he knows everything that's going on with Trump. Yeah. And he knows... Um, yeah, and he, but then he, like, is writing books where he chronicles, like, all the old movies he's seen and how he feels about them. And he's Come got, on. like, people working upstairs in his house on these <laughs> publishing projects. So he's really busy. And it, it it's interesting because the yeah. house is... It's in Beverly Hills, but it's very reasonable. So it just looks like mm. someone's great grandparents' house. Yeah, right. The styling is still the same, and it's not huge. And it—it's just a reminder that in the fifties, which I when I imagine you bought this house, like if you were rich, maybe you lived in Beverly Hills, but you didn't have like a mansion. You just had like a big, house, like a nor- it looked like a suburban house. Yeah, like right. Go crazy the way they go crazy now.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's almost it's almost become such a such a cliche to just get a lot of space. But yeah. it's, it's, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there, even even modern day, modern day actors who are just sort of like looking to, you know, have more of an intimate space that's, you know, not, uh, not as uh, not, not like a McMansion or anything like that, you know, but uh, yeah.
3: it doesn't... just look like a normal house. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's crazy. I remember seeing an interview with him a couple of years ago in his house and it looked like it looked like what you described, like my grandparents' house.
3: (laughs) Yeah, like I think there was like wall to wall carpeting and, you know, just everything you'd expect. Um,
2: Yeah, I feel like that's a secret of successful people to just kind of know what you want and just be comfortable where you are. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's like not not just striving for status all the time.
3: Yeah, like Warren Buffett's house. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I haven't seen it. Huh.
3: It's just like a normal suburban house in, right. the Bra- in Omaha. Oh yeah. wow!
2: You, people would be shocked if they read how like a lot of millionaires live. It's it's uh, it's not about the money. Secret. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the secret. It's not about the money.
3: It, it sometimes it's about the money for a certain group of people. I, I bet right. Buffett's among them, but <laughs> not as far as like consuming the money. It's just right. about. A, it's like a video game score. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. You know. Measure of accomplishment or a game they like to play, but I don't, he isn't intent on keeping that money or spending yeah. that money. He just wants to to kick ass, yeah, right? Right. yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, talking about all this, all these these <laughs> papers and magazines you've written for, do you have any like articles that stick out that you, that were your favorites over the years? Or
3: yeah, I mean, it's everything's so disposable that I've written. You know, it's all for. Newspapers or weekly magazines. Yeah. I um, wrote one book. I even feel that like much pubic disposable.
0: hair is timeless though, right? <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: not then. Then it was like a new thing. Like then, I mean, not pubic hair, but like the removal thereof <laughs> yeah. felt pretty uh, new and shocking. Uh, yeah. Manscaping.
2: Yeah. My, I remember my dad.
3: Manscaping. This is just womanscaping. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I wrote about? The manscaping came up shortly thereafter because I went. When uh the uh Gillette developed the Mach three razor. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was had been a Siren Live joke when yeah. they, cause right. they had well, the razor with two blades and then Siren Live made a joke about three blades. So I went to um I went to Boston to hang out with the engineers that built this thing and they and they started talking about manscaping. These old like super white Boston engineers. <laughs> I don't know why white whiteness has to do with it, but they're just stuffy. And uh, <laughs> Uh, they they were talking I fans like oh this is a thing now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember even like bringing it up around my dad, and my dad thinking like it was ridiculous, like your generation guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, isn't that yeah. like a, that, I feel like that's also like a scene in Wolf of Wall Street, isn't is it? it? Like it's something <laughs> it? like that. Yeah, I think Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Rob Reiner are sitting like their father and son, and they're sitting across from each other talking about the, <laughs> that the kind of stuff. But it's yeah. in the eighties, so they they were ahead of their time clearly <laughs> that's, that's the way we e- yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it, that, that, that came up with my dad and uh I was telling him about a friend of mine that actually you <laughs> before before his honeymoon used nair on, uh, on Ooh, his uh, genitals oh, gosh. didn't realize Not that, a that was a idea. bad idea beforehand <laughs> he could have used the wait, internet wait
3: wait wait this is a good story <laughs> so this is a uh, a man who was he is he was a virgin
0: uh, I don't know that he was at this time, but he like this was going to be their first time with him and his
3: and his wife. It and, was wow! So he, he he was one of those born again virgins, he,
0: probably yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> but, and so he, but why why Nair? Why did he? Why would he know about Nair? When? I,
0: I think he just thought it would be the That'd safest be option because there's probably, no blame. No, probably the right.
3: easiest way too. Yeah, know. right. Jeez, oh, yeah. that's just that, that just. Uh,
0: it literally God. burns a layer off of your skin, like man. I've used it on my back before. <laughs> really? How'd <laughs> you know, that go? It went really well. Um, like the second and third time. The first time I actually left it on too long, and it burned. It, felt, it was like a ended up being like a sunburn. It was oh terrible.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, like your whole back, or just like a patch? Uh, my
0: yeah, there was like. I've got like two big patches on my back that are really irregular and
2: weird. <laughs> we'll be posting photos five. in the show notes after <laughs> the show. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. It.
3: Was it appreciated by your wife?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No.
3: All right, this sounds like a better situation than a friend. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: for sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't designed for genitals. You, you should write. <laughs> you,
2: you should write an article, a guide to nairing yourself. You know, <laughs> right to yourself. Yeah, but not before the wedding. The,
0: the, night. the worst thing about near I don't know if you guys have ever used it or been around it, but it's like it smells like. Um, I don't know if you've ever gone to like a salon, like when your mom's getting a, a perm done or something. Like back in the nineties, uh-huh. it smells like that perm oh, stuff. I
3: get, yeah, I kinda it's kinda really get gross, saying. and
0: it smells like it's burning your hair off. It's Oof. really
3: is it basically that? Um, is this stuff uh,
2: so, still legal? Napalm? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like seriously, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like something that went the way of surge and uh, what else got banned? It's still in the, around? Two thousands? <laughs> yeah, it was just soda yeah yeah yeah. you got banned oh i don't know i just remember it disappeared from the market for a while and and there were just fifth grade rumors running wild that uh it was uh that the caffeine content was too high that some kid drank too much of it and he died or something but i think it was in reality mountain dew had just uh yeah Yeah. taken the hill
3: but mountain dew the caffeine is really high because the gamers gamers just guzzle mountain dew oh man yeah Seriously, or,
0: or like monsters. What's the new the new one? That's uh, bang. Bang is like three hundred milligrams. Or you something.
2: you would know. You, yeah, you you you're I've you're the, 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 you're the energy drink
3: connoisseur.
0: Connoisseur.
3: I don't
2: know. I'm a connoisseur. He, he was he I'm was immune. super he was super <laughs> excited. I
3: see, but I think I'm immune to caffeine. Really? Yeah. Those things never keep me up. You've built up you a, a full immunity. I think I have full immunity. It's like a superpower that I don't know how to use.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, like that cryptid. No one ever
3: tries to torture you with caffeine. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend in high school who's a lawyer who uh, is in the FBI, or was in the FBI. And one of the things they do for you uh, during training, not for you, to you in training, is they make you walk in a room full of pepper spray oh, and yeah. figure out your way out. Yeah. And it turns out he and his identical twin brother are immune to pepper spray. Really? I didn't like it's know slightly that them.
0: <laughs> It slightly bothers them. I feel like
2: that's just like. It's like a mild, mild. Wasn't
0: there like, like an old pollen. joke about that? Like, uh, was it like a Cheech and Chong thing about Mexicans and pepper spray where they would just get, eat it with tortilla chips like it didn't affect <laughs> oh, them?
2: God. <laughs> 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 so, it's sounds like a Cheech and Chong that.
0: thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Um. Yeah. T- speaking of uh, of uh, train, like military training, it makes me think of it's kind of a. This is what we call a uh, elegant segue here. Um, Good. I want to talk a little bit about your book, uh, "Man Made: A Stupid Quest for Masculinity," because um, I mean it's a it's a it's Father's Day this weekend. Yes, or when this when this plays a very, a
2: very masculine yeah. holiday. Yeah, a yeah, very will. masculine
0: yeah. holiday. Um, I like to talk a little bit about that book. I mean, you wrote it when you knew you were becoming a father. So, uh, what made you want to write that
3: particularly? You know, when I found out we were having a boy, I kind of freaked out because I didn't feel at all capable of raising a boy like i didn't know how to you know throw a football or catch a football or watch someone throwing or catching a football and knowing when to (laughs) be happy about the catching or throwing of the football or like hunting or fishing or cars or like any i just realized like anything um so i tried to learn all those things before he was born. It took me a little longer. But but the baby period, is you kind of can do what you want anyway. So, yeah, a before great, they figure you period. out yet. Yeah, before like they hold a fishing bowl. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's funny because my friend, I have a friend, uh, uh, we've had him on the show before. He has a whole website called The Art of Manliness. And I used to. Oh, do, I've seen that website. Yeah. I used was to. Uh, uh, Brett McKay.
3: Oh, okay. I've, seen, I've looked at the website a bunch of times, especially yeah. when I was writing a book.
0: Yeah, I, I actually produced uh, the video content for their site for years. Oh. But, um, yeah, and that was kind of a similar – it wasn't – he was having a, having a boy, but he just realized in college when he, he got to school and, and was off on his own that there was all these things he didn't know how to do that nobody taught him. And so he yeah. started writing a blog about it, and that's how he, he kind of got into it.
3: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I think there's a lot of of a fair amount of dudes especially dudes who like make documentary movies or write books who feel this way.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised that fact checking for Martha Stewart didn't uh, didn't prepare
3: you to, to, to write this book. <laughs> to be completely honest, like there's nothing more manly signing than forcing a bulb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um,
0: well, what? So, what kind of things did you? Uh, I mean, you'd went on this this whole quest. You did a lot of a lot of interesting things. I'd love to talk about some of the things you learned in the and the, the, the things highlights. you put yourself through.
3: Yeah, it's a while ago, but I think I, I think I can remember most of them. Uh, yeah, I started off small. I started off by trying to become a Boy Scout, so I went on an overnight trip with a Boy Scout troop and earned my badge.
0: Wow! What was the badge? What was it? Just an see, overnight badge?
3: It's like the fleur de lis, which I yeah, think like you'd the be scout. With as scout a badge. Were you a scout? I
2: yeah, I I went. I I got my eagle. So. Yeah, you're an eagle scout. Yeah. So I, let's see if I can remember all the <laughs> well, different my, ranks. Yeah. Cause you, I think what you're talking yeah, it's the scout badge and then there's, there's wait a minute, scout badge, first class was and not then the first class. And then there's, I think I'm missing one actually, but there's heart or no, that, sorry, life. And then Eagle, but I think I'm missing one. There's like a ribbon that happens before first class, I believe. So anyway, how
0: did you skip one of these and make it to Eagle?
2: No, I didn't skip it. I, I, I got it. But I, oh. I, I just don't remember the name. I want to say, like, I, I want to call it first class, but I'm pretty sure first class is the one. At, maybe it's second class.
3: Maybe it was... I, lo- I think the one you're missing is raped by scout leader. Um, <laughs> yeah, the canteen boy. Uh, yeah.
0: That's a yeah. special badge. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was a t- <laughs> speaking
2: of Saturday Night Live.
0: <laughs> I was a terrible Boy Scout. I was in the Canadian versions of Scout, so it was a little bit different. We like yeah. our first, uh, our first rank was called Beavers,
2: <laughs> and we wore these little
0: shitty hats with beaver tails that's on like them.
2: that's like cub scouts yeah it seems like yeah
0: and uh yeah and so but <laughs> i was cute. i was a very lazy scout i never got any like merit badges that weren't like the basic requirements so i never like went out to get other you know achievements or anything like well that. the
2: irony is is that the canadians are probably the canadian scouts are closer to the origin of the boy scouts than the americans are because uh it all started in britain yeah that makes yeah, sense it was all
3: uh <laughs> that guy Robert Baden-Powell I think yeah something like that anyways i think yeah. they're just scouts oh they are here now too they're like girls and the boys and the scouts now right yeah is, is yeah
2: i don't yeah i i always get thrown off by being boy scouts of america i don't know if it was boy scouts of great britain or boy scouts i think it was just scouts of, just scouts just yeah probably scouts. that sounds what, about what, right
3: what was your project for being an eagle scout
2: uh, there was a big ice storm that hit Kansas city, like around the time that I was becoming Eagle. So I organized like, you mean a, the great ice storm of, of Kansas city, the great ice storm of Kansas. You've heard of it. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: 1823. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I, I, ought 23 is how we, how we <laughs> would put it. But, um, but, but yeah, we, we left a bunch of, uh, paper bags around for people to fill up with, you know, extra food after Thanksgiving and just ended up driving them to a food bank and and some people fed
0: did you feed the people or did you just drop off the cans
2: we we dropped them off for to be distributed amongst the the needy i was a very many, a, I was very much of a robin hood type of scout
3: you know how many lives do you think you save
2: <laughs> well you know i don't want to quantify you know exactly <laughs> my impact but I, I would say you know it would somewhere in the tens of
3: thousands i I'd, I'd be i'd be willing to bet when i was um new at Time Out new york i was the sports editor Um, which was not much of a job. And (laughs) I was in Kansas city for a different article and I used my sports editor title to be pressed for the day at a Royals game. Oh, nice. And I'd only been pressed at like Yankees games and Knicks games and Rangers games. And so I go to the stadium and it's so different because after the game, there's like three members of the press talking to the manager. (laughs) They've known each other for like 10 years and it's just a casual conversation where no one's fronting at all. Yeah, I was, and at the they feed you in the press box and at the Yankee Stadium, it's like the hot dogs or you know whatever you're getting in the stadium. And at Kauffman Stadium, there was some woman who like baked a pie and made fried chicken. Like, <laughs> it, I couldn't believe I was still in the major leagues. It was
2: amazing. That's great. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's the Midwest for you. It's it is a little different out there. Did did you get uh did you get any of the barbecue when
3: you were there? Yeah. So I interviewed, it was like my, was a, I can tell you the whole story, but without getting into it, I went to, um, this kid who was a great video game player, really poor, uh, African-American kid took me to, um, a particularly African-American barbecue. Oh, it was play. probably Arthur Bryant's or Gates. It wasn't Arthur Bryant's. Was What's it the other Gates?
2: One? Gates barbecue?
3: Is there a third option?
2: uh as far as let's see i'm trying to think was it was it famous or was this more yeah. of like a hole in the wall but it's joint?
3: not as famous as arthur bryant's which is where i wish i done.
2: <sighs> i'm thinking it had to have been
3: gates because i probably feel like gates. yeah yeah it was probably so Gates. I, I came back and everyone's like did you go to arthur bryant's like no what happened <laughs> <laughs> i was the 13 year old boy <laughs> yeah. well
2: gates isn't bad it's not bad <laughs> arthur bryant's is definitely you know the most iconic probably uh you know. i'm
3: a big barbecue fan so yeah that's oh,
2: great I love it. It was like when I went barbecue. to
0: Buffalo and they I got taken to a place that. That, that wasn't Anchor? No, it wasn't like the main. What, what, what was the place Is you said?
3: Is it Anchor? Anchor bar? Isn't that where the inventory. Yeah, that's Butler? where it's
0: supposed to be. But then we went to some other place, and everybody asked me if I went to Anchor.
2: And I'm like, no. You got you got, you got hooked by the I had
3: the some other friends hit. that
0: told me, this is better. This is better. And I was like, but I want <laughs> the real experience. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were in Boy Scouts, and then what – I mean, did you, you – I, I read that you went to boot camp. What was that like? Oh, boy. I
3: did. So I think for the final thing, I think – so. Maybe the penultimate thing I did was I fought Randy Couture for a round. Oh wow! Uh, Oh, that had to be terrifying. It was terrifying because Dana White trained me. Yeah. uh, And I knew him a little bit before this, and he trained me, and he kind of messed me up. He had a guy choke me out a couple times. My gosh, jeez!
2: Had Um, you ever been in a fight before this?
3: Like a like what kind? I've been punched. What do you mean? Well, like, did, had you ever,
2: like, done any sort of like, had you engaged anybody, like, in an official fight before this?
3: No, 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 of course not. No. Oh, um, no, basically. <laughs> I've never no situation I've ever been in a fight. And so, yeah, he had this guy, he had a guy teach me um, uh, Muay Thai and then some jujitsu. And, um, and, and, and Dana, Dana taught me how to box a little bit. But the nice. jujitsu guy was like, Oh, Dana was like, you, you have been choked out before? Like, what? He's like, you've been, you been choked out before? Like, no. like, oh, we got to choke him out. So he, uh, he has this guy put me in a rear naked chokehold and uh, start choking me out. But I'm such a wimp that my instinct was to like help him and just get it over <laughs> with. So I started like trying to go to sleep. But apparently, like I did a good enough job convincing them that they let go before I was asleep. And I, I pop back up, and Dana's like, "Did did you dream?" And I was like, "What?" It's like, it's me. When, you get, when you get when you get choked out, you dream. You, you didn't get choked out. Do it again. Another naked chokehold. Again, I guess I'm helping. And again, oh my gosh. And this is by the way, this is all on like YouTube. You can see the horror if oh, you wow. want. Um, we'll post the link. And,
1: yeah.
3: And um, he, I guess I did it again. But the way he did it maybe some other people have said wasn't the best way to put someone in a rear naked chokehold because i couldn't the rest of the night i i was miserable i couldn't oh, man i was also tired but i couldn't it hurt just to swallow my spit i couldn't oh, eat. really i was i was just in a lot of like throat pain well you also uh, got choked out careful. like three times that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. like it's
2: <laughs> three times the usual well, you know
0: i've done a little bit of of training in jiu-jitsu and your throat shouldn't hurt because it's a I mean, if your throat hurts, it means that they're choking your airways. Instead if, of your
3: carotid yeah, artery, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like
0: it should just you just pass out and it shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't feel anything afterwards. You kind of wake up a
3: little dizzy and then you're fine, but I was in a lot of pain thrust night and then Thanks. but I was I woke up the next morning feeling okay, so I went to go fight Randy Couture and my <laughs> he's like <laughs> talk to, to my dad. My dad's way tougher than me. My dad's like one of those tough Jews from, like, the Bronx who's, like, got scars on his hands from mm-hmm. fighting Italians, like, um... And, uh, he... He was just really focused... He was scared for me, because he's, like, a professional fighter is just trained to fight, and he can lose it and just, like, go full at you. Sure. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And he's like...
0: Because <laughs> he's, like, a <laughs> pit bull? <laughs>
3: yeah, yes! That's the way he's describing it. exactly. And then he said, secondly, you need to cup. And I was like, <laughs> in my panic... And like just pure panic that morning early in the morning, in Las Vegas, I was like, I need to go buy a cup. <laughs> and so I woke up extra early and was driving around with like Dick's, sporting goods and everywhere. And trying to, yeah. and I bought a cup. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to the gym and I was like, hi, I'm Joel. And I walked into his office cause he owned the gym in Vegas. Um, and he like, didn't smile, didn't talk to me, just oh, nodded. Oh. And we went into the, the octagon. And I was like, and he made me, like, he, he gave me papers to sign, but he was not friendly. He was just scary as hell. Wow. And then we walked in the ring and he started like warming up. So I just did whatever he did. And then <laughs> it started and he went at me at like 5%, 2% of what he had. Okay. okay. And, but, his, but his goal was to just knock me. The, I, I thought I'd walk in there and five seconds later it would be over. Like he would put me in a rear naked chokehold, I'd pass out and be over. And hopefully I wouldn't be too hurt. That was my whole assumption. And instead he made me go the whole round Oh wow! Oh, and wow. just kept knocking me down. To t- just wanted me to have the experience and tire me out. And then he was like standing over me at the end, like, uh, Muhammad Ali. And he's, he said, do you want to, do you want to go for a second round? And I just yelled, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I regretted it. Cause I think I was, he said to me, so as soon as it was over, turns out Randy Couture is like the nicest, sweetest man in the world.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> I
3: mean, couldn't have been nicer. And and he was just trying to have me have the experience and psych me out. And so he's like, I think you could have gotten second round. You really – you had no adrenaline. Your, your adrenaline was rushing so hard you didn't have any experience. You just were exhausted when you looked at me. And he's like, I think you could have done better. And he, he was just great. And then he, invited, he called me later invited me to dinner that night nice. with his then wife and my wife and my wife uh, – was sick of my shenanigans by then. It was like, I came here to have one nice meal with you. So we went <laughs> out with Randy Couture, which bummed me out. Oh no. <laughs> and I, the last thing I did was I got, um, this kind of incredible, I knew somebody who was like the PR guy in the army and he hooked me up with, there was a general who read my column named general Mark Hurtling. Oh, cool. Uh, and he, so I asked, I asked a bunch of branches of the military. I guess I asked someone at DOD to hook me up with a training experience. And the next thing I know, like the, the, several branches were competing to offer me a better and bigger experience. Nice. <laughs> and so I did a little with the Marines, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, which was very cool actually, I did a bunch of stuff with the Marines. But then General Mark Hurtling was like, I'll let you fire a tank. <laughs> Never let anyone fire a tank. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, you can go, do, go to um... – so I went to Fort Knox and did three days of boot camp there, nice. which was uh, – it's the, literally within the first few hours of training, I, for the first time in my life, I fainted. Wow. jeez, oh, Which was humiliating.
0: How does that happen?
3: Well, I think it happens mostly for fear and stress because they were just okay. – there were two drill sergeants yelling at me alone yeah. for a while. And it was, it was super, I mean, I'm an adult, I'm not an 18 year old and right. it was so intense. And then it was hot and I hadn't slept because I was so scared, which is true for a lot of these kids coming. And mm. then I locked my knees when I was standing at attention oh. and I, I went down Ooh. and it wasn't even doing anything hard. It wasn't, I'm sorry. They were just talking to me and teaching me about a tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awful. That's
2: crazy. Yeah. And we, like, what was, what was, what was, uh, shoot, what, what was firing the, the cannon, the tank? I like? never
3: know whether you say shoot the, I, I've said shoot a tank to people like uh-huh, uh-huh. destroy a tank. I got to tell you, blow up a tank. I was, you know, I, the thing I blew up was like literally a mile away. And it wow. was a uh, plywood picture of a tank. But uh, so I got to load it. And the, I guess we shot it three times. I had to load it once and then shoot it twice or something like that wow it was loading it's pretty intense my dad turns out he did that for a while um really yeah because it it looks like um a very small nuclear missile like it's huge yeah you have to pick it up and put it in and then stand it's a tiny space inside there and there's three men and you have to stand behind like a line or else that thing's gonna like yeah after you shoot it uh, recoil in your face and it's enormous people Uh lose thumbs and like but the actual firing of it is, I found it very, um, very disappointing. It looked like a 1980s video game. It's green and, a green and black screen. Oh, yeah. You line things up. And it, you don't, you, when you're standing next to that, the missile thing, you feel it. Yeah. But when you're, when, you're in the, when you're sitting in the part where you get to fire it, you don't really feel the tank move very much at all. Oh, and man. what's happening is a mile away. And it just, there's very, very little connection between you and what you're destroying, which is, is upsetting emotionally too. So yeah. you, so you
2: just got out and you started looking for the nearest howitzer to just, you know, like actually well, they, get did, the, they did <laughs>
3: actually give me I mean, a couple of machine guns afterwards. Some from oh, the, nice. but all the, I, I think I have an unusual reaction, a, a very on reaction to shooting things because all the dudes in the army who were like, Literally, I got out of the tank. Like you got a hard on, you must have a hard on. Like, <laughs> like there's there's no feeling like that, right? And they and I was like, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I didn't feel it. And then certainly, like getting an erection was not on the table for me at that moment. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it can be.
2: I I can imagine it would be a little bit, you know, well, like you said, anticlimactic and
3: maybe a little jarring. Yeah, yeah. But I think other people really. Dig it. I never feel that way when I shoot a gun. I never get that rush other people get. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. My hands just end up hurting if it's a pistol. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's <what happens. laughs>
3: Which is horrible because you've got this enormous heart on, and your, your hands are <laughs> exactly <laughs> can't, do, <laughs> can't do. Why
0: they nothing, see how
3: um, can't do nothing they about operate. it?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Well, um. What was your biggest takeaway of kind of going through those experiences? Did you learn anything about manliness that uh, that you think was helpful? Or
3: yeah, I do. I mean, it was mostly about self reliance. Like I learned that um, that there is a lot you can gain from just just comp- I mean, the amount of confidence the army can instill in people, and and what they can kind of create out of these young men in six weeks is kind of amazing. It it taught me it. It made me think I can do a lot more than I thought I could. And that doing things yourself and relying on yourself uh, is, is very, very valuable Mm. and outsourcing. Everything is convenient and useful, but, but you shouldn't completely do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that that seems to be kind of the thing, like even like along the lines of all the guys who are seeking out this sort of, you know, content to, to read and to kind of live by, it's like they they often feel like they haven't taken a hands-on approach to their life and haven't, you know, led by experience. And uh, I think it's a good way to kind of approach life, especially in your twenties, as you start to develop, you know, your character and your life. It's, it's uh, yeah. Like you said, it breeds confidence. And I think it really paves the way for more of an independent existence.
3: Yeah. And just having those experiences, a allow, you know, anytime you have an ex- th- this isn't really about being a father or, uh, to my son, who turns out to be as much of a wimp as I am, so it's all <laughs> wasted. Although he likes cars and he likes uh, camping, he hasn't
2: been in the but- ring with Randy Couture yet, though, or
3: or 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 in the or in a, or in a
2: tank. So you know, just choke him out; he'll he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah, <laughs> bed, great. out time. Yeah, we'll cut that part out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny though, like um. That the whole jujitsu thing, out of all of the the kind of like you would think like fighting you know would be very kind of manly and, and you know visceral, but jujitsu is like almost like a it's like an art like strategic. it's really kind of soft and delicate and like it happens really quickly okay. and kind of not I, violently.
3: I could not disagree more. <laughs> I, it's it's the only thing that's gayer than gay sex. I mean, it's there's tr- just balls in your face the it's entire time i had done a tiny bit of jujitsu. Yeah. um i went to i, I knew david Mamet did jujitsu, so i went to interview him and i was like i don't want to just get lunch i want to fight yeah and he's like take this jujitsu jitsu class with me and then we'll fight for a minute at the end so i and you know he's an old man and he destroyed me in seconds yeah um, yep. he knows jujitsu. yeah it's a it's a very but i think people who are into boxing feel that way even about boxing that there's you know a sweet science to it or you know yeah uh it's hard to see it from the outside yeah
0: for sure i just remember the like the first time i did it i went in and uh, over at uh in torrance there at the gracie academy and uh yeah and like this little brazilian guy i think his name was jordan i don't know if he's still an instructor there but he was probably half my size half my weight tiny little guy and he gets on me and he goes okay do whatever you want to do to get me off of you no you know yeah. wherever you know no limits whatever you can and i could not get off the ground with this guy on top of me and yeah. i was like shocked and like just I just
3: straddling I, your hips right
0: yeah like it, yeah, yeah i could not do what you know once you know the technique it's you know if you're bigger or you could you have the advantage but it was just like it was amazing of how like how gentle like the classes were. I thought people would be getting hit in the face all the time and all this stuff. But it's like, there's very little, it's, you know, like you said, it's gra it's grappling and very, <laughs> very intimate. It's, like you said, it's it, if you're watching it from the outside, it looks very gay.
3: <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be on the outside. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I felt it from the inside. Yeah, <laughs> it's true
0: yeah those geese sometimes aren't thick enough uh in, yeah not fabric. very good protection <laughs> well tell us a little bit about uh about your new book coming up and uh a, we'll wrap up I'll yeah, it's a little more
3: about that. And it's called uh, in defense of elitism uh <laughs> the subtitle is um why i'm better than you and you're better than someone who didn't buy this book <laughs> sold good all right done but. um and it's a leg- legitimate defense of elitism in the face of populism. Oh,
0: so it's interesting.
3: It, yeah, it's kind of a screed against this idea that you can make decisions from your gut and that we don't need expertise. And you know, everything from people arguing with their doctors after reading WebMD <laughs> to um, I, the, the first 100 pages of the book, and it's, not, it's only a 101-page book, no, it's like a, uh, the first third of the book, I go to the county in America with the highest percentage of Trump voters, and I spent oh, a week there, uh, which was different than what I normally do here in L.A.
0: <laughs> not a lot of those here.
3: <laughs> no, no, and certainly no, this is very different. It's a super rural, very Christian, very um, not at all poor, but very rural oil and gas ranching. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Part of the, pan- the Texas Panhandle.
2: What was one of your biggest takeaways from, like,
3: you God, know, reversing yourself? You're all about takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want experiences. You just want you want the bites. <laughs> I want both. Give I want the, the experience give, give
2: and then the, the takeaway Give me the Cliff Notes <laughs> version of your trip to Trump Country. <laughs>
3: um, oh, that you know, I think they they have some some legitimate. Gripes—they've—they've they've been ignored. They've been asked to follow rules that don't really fit their lifestyle, which which, which takes place sort of in the past. Mm. Uh, and I—I I think they, there's a lot of ways that they live. Like it's a real community, and they hang because there's so few people there, and yeah. they hang out on each other's porches at night. I feel like they're not on their phone as much. Mm. I feel like they have a lot to offer as far as lessons about life yeah but I feel like as much as we shouldn't be telling them how to live it's far worse for them to make decisions about how the rest of the world lives because I feel like they're doing a lot of damage through viewing the world through their lens
2: what do you, what do you think is like the best way for, let's say people of more of a populist bent or people who feel like, you know, like you're saying, like people who feel like they've been left behind. Uh, what, what do you think is the best way for them to sort of meet the elitist, you know, the elitist attitude or even like, you know, the elites that you're talking about? Like, how do you
3: think these people should come
2: together like these two sides?
3: I, th- I think it's going to be hard. I think we're going through a really hard time in the world. Uh, I think, I think there's some lazy demonizing that Mm. the cosmopolitan elites do of other people, Mm. of of people in rural areas of populace. Um, and I think there's some, I, I think you have, I think there's to be a better, what I come up with at the end of the book, which, which I still am not sure is the greatest thing is that spoiler alert the, Was was again? I said spoiler alert. Yeah. The, the best I could come up with is I don't think that the idea of globalization and the idea of democracy, I, I don't think they're wrong. So I think the, the biggest, the easiest thing for the elite to fix is to be less smug. Hmm. And we've been told this for generations now and, and we can't fix it. So, you know, just the things I hear my friends say all the time, like these people are so dumb, they're voting against their interests or, or the equivalent that there's a smugness to like yeah. thinking we know better. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in, in not just in attitude, but in the kind of laws that we make for these places. You know, mm-hmm. they, they had a lot of complaints about Austin, Texas, the laws come out of Austin, Texas or DC, which really don't figure into like, what is it like to be in like a, a dying ranching community? Yeah. Um, so I don't know I think there can be it, it's going to be painful no matter what but I think we just have to dial down the smugness and the rhetoric yeah like, quickly
0: and it's like it, it ratchets it up quickly cuz you get you get the kind of the response to the elite the the idea of the elitism is the you know the backlash with like the whole the whole kind of Trump thing, and then that just makes the elite even more mad. So they <laughs> they double down, and it yeah. just like becomes this dumpster everybody, fire. Everybody runs to their corners.
3: <laughs> yeah, and and, and on the other side, the dumpster fire being like all these people are corrupt, and yeah. all these people are just looking out for themselves, and we should just get rid of them all at any cost and throw out all that expertise. I find that. Attitude to be upsetting like I think you should just understand that even if the world our society isn't perfect or fair and the meritocracy is is skewed and and rigged I I Would suggest incremental change instead of just throwing things out Yeah, yeah radicalism is never never a great answer sometimes it's interesting i have all these like in order to make my book seem really obnoxious and elitist i use oh, right, <laughs> that's a good like, point a, i use a font that's you know on the cover and in the chapters that's like looks like thomas paine or something and then <laughs> uh i start every section i do all this like old annoying old book stuff but i start every section with a quote which i find super annoying <laughs> uh, but one of them is the second in kind of this last section where I'm making this argument that we need to tone things down, uh, uh, the second paragraph of the declaration of independence has this insanely conservative sentence in it, which is, you know, in the, it's, I'm going to paraphrase, which I shouldn't do. So I should have it memorized, but in the vast majority of cases, like you do not want a revolution, you want to make incremental change. Like you should really, really explore whether you want to do this or not. And we do want to do it, but, but I but I thought that was a, a really nice sentiment that you threw in. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm looking forward I'm actually, to reading yeah, it.
3: I'm going to look forward to picking that up. Yeah, oh, I, just, I spent some time with um, Tucker Carlson and with Scott Adams, the guy that. Oh created, yeah, right. Who's become a real, uh, really intense populist.
0: Uh, I, pre- I appreciate you taking time to like actually spend time with you know, that side. Um, I'm like, I'll be pretty honest. I'm pretty like middle of the road. I'm a pretty moderate guy. So I'm, I've always been able to see things from both sides, but I see a lot of on on either side, this idea of, well, I, you know, I wouldn't even talk to that guy if they voted this way, or I don't even want to spend time understanding it or whatever. And like you said, the demonization kind of thing, but it's important. Like, it's cool that you're, that you're spending time trying to understand it.
3: Yeah. And then I um, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., let me uh, – I asked him if I could be the mayor for a day.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've met him before. He's actually a pretty nice guy.
3: Oh, he's super cool. I've known yeah. him for a long time. And he let me follow him around for the day and make all the decisions. I mean he made the decisions. I, I just internally made my decision and saw if it matched what he would do. Uh, and it, As a kind of a, a simulacrum of like these Ben Carsons or Trump who don't have any experience in these realms and are thrown into it, into yeah. politics. So that was, that was really eye-opening. That was really different than what I thought it was going to be. Do you write about that in the book or is that, is that an article that you wrote? No, that's a chapter in the
2: book. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. That's really interesting.
3: What I didn't fit in the book that I just did for, the, for Los Angeles Magazine in this realm was I wore a MAGA hat to um, Cafe Gratitude. Oh wow! <laughs> which is the <laughs> oh vegan restaurant? Yeah, uh, a super liberal, super vegan restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: wow. How'd that, that
2: go?
3: Is that down the one on Larchmont enough? Boulevard? I, I went. There's one in Venice, but I went to the one on Larchmont. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. How how how'd that go? Well, I do. We, yeah, how would that go down for you? It's already out there, right? So people
3: could. Yeah, go, oh, yeah, it's out there. Oh, um Different than I thought. I was so scared. Yeah, I, mean, I was really like Randy Couture level, almost scared. <laughs> and, Uh, people were, people, everyone who worked there was super nice to me and no one said anything. Uh, It was interesting. It was, you, you forget how most people have someone in their family or they know someone who's a Trump fan.
2: Well, it's always easy. You know, it's like, what's the old adage? It's always easier to report the planes have crashed as opposed to the planes that have, you know, that land on the regular basis every day. And I think that's what people don't realize is that, you know, you can always, the you demonize a lot in your mind. You think of these people on the other side, whatever political spectrum you come from, as, as they're going to be this way. But in reality, it's like a lot of times you can walk in and have a conversation with anybody and find common ground and actually, you know, reach a, yeah. a pretty and good I, conclusion. I
3: don't, I don't feel like that's a solution to this. I'm really scared about populism. I'm really scared about the possible end of democracy. And I don't, Like in um, Eichmann in Jerusalem, like Eichmann, Hmm. he had a Jewish girlfriend. He thought the Jews were okay, But like this was kind of sadly killing Jews was kind of what had to be done to make the world better. And he wasn't psyched about it, but, you know, he was he was doing his part to make the world better. So I I in no way think that just like getting to know people and talking is a solution. I just think it's better than the opposite.
2: Yeah, I mean, it might be at least the first step in the right direction. Would you say that?
3: I don't know. I think maybe it's, it's, um, I don't, I don't think fighting is going to convince anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think, I think convincing people is important Mm -hmm. and I don't think just getting along is a solution. I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're a, um, an immigrant family dying to get literally into the U S or, or, you know, being separated from your children, once you're in the U.S., I S I don't think, me just getting along with the people in Texas is going to solve their problem. I don't think it's going to change their vote. So I think, I think it takes more than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it would take it. Yeah. An effort on, you know, everyone's part on trying to, (laughs) trying to see things from all angles, but not everyone does that.
3: But, but I also feel like if I'm going to claim to be an elitist, like going to a restaurant and yelling at Ted Cruz, isn't very elitist of me. Like, I think I think we lose our intellectual elitism every time we get suckered into those fights.
0: You would need to slap them with your glove. That would be elitist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was growing up when I saw the episode of Happy Days. I was I was, I was enamored and yet. Disgusted. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joel, for doing this. I think we're way over time for you. Oh, sorry. I finally
3: was finished with you guys like a half hour ago.
0: No, I'm sorry. With for you, I appreciate you staying longer. But I I told you shorter than this. So (laughs) thank you for sticking around the whole time. And yeah, we'll have to have you back on and talk more about you know the stuff you're working on. You're always working on great articles and stuff. I'd love to hear more. more. Pardon me
3: later in the day tomorrow, Are you guys free? Is yeah.
0: That... Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Of course, yeah.
3: It's like a standing date. This will be great. <laughs>
2: all right, cool, man. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to plug on a kind of yeah. final basis? Uh, anything you want to summarize
3: for the audience? Uh, you some takeaways? You looking for some takeaways? Yeah, I'm looking for takeaways. Just <laughs> yeah. give me all the takeaways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just stay off the carbs. Just try and, you know, some healthy fats and proteins. Nice. A lot of fiber.
0: All right.
2: Good. We'll That's do good that. advice. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, there you go. Before summer hits, <laughs> we'll let you know how that's doing tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll let and, you know. And,
3: and please, I know they're a big uh, supporter of the show, and they're one of your big sponsors. But but be careful with the nair.
2: With the nair, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah be, I should. Beware the nair. Yeah. That's nice. our, that'll that's... be our new slogan.
0: <laughs> we should do we should do a nair commercial because actually one of our sponsors is this company called Phoenix Shaving. Yeah, thanks. and we should do we should do a comparison of. <laughs>
2: Ooh, that actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Using that product and yeah. seeing the disaster there. You go. there. Stay and tuned. And then wear short shorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks again, man. See you guys. Hello, gentlemen, laws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going. and means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon. We offer all sorts of extras on there, like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a parking meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw, or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward having you as part of our team all right uh great talking to joel yeah funny guy live wire um like to have him on again yeah, that'd he's, be great he's always a f- funny funny guy um you can also just youtube him doing a bunch of interviews it's always fun to watch like yeah he's on conan and uh greg uh, was his name craig ferguson all this stuff yep uh yes sir all right, we're gonna go do a little segment we like to call listener mail. All right, uh, got the got the, the switchblade picking up on. There. Oh
2: yeah, we've got some <laughs> toys on this table, <laughs> this and one table. of them one of them is a switchblade that <laughs> yeah. may or may not be legal. But it's awful oh. cool fun to play with. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. All right, I'll uh, I'll read the. We won't, we won't we won't do too much listener mail. We're kind of in a in a hurry this week to finish up the show. We got a, we had a nice long episode here. Yes, um, but uh, this week we got a comment on our Instagram, um, by uh, the, the real official, Marky Ramon. Okay. Who is the drummer for the famous uh, legendary punk band, the Ramones. Oh, hell yeah. Also played in Wayne County and a couple other uh, punk bands. Um, But he was a subject in the movie, uh, the, the punk documentary when we right. we, ha- we were talking right. about that on our show. So he commented on a photo we had on our Instagram, which was the episode card for uh, that episode, which was Johnny Rotten um, smoking a cigarette, wearing earbuds, listening to our podcast. And uh, he just posted a comment on there and said, Johnny forgotten. Nice. And what listeners may not know... Is that he and Johnny Rotten, the lead singer of the Sex Pistols, got into basically a huge argument at the press screening for that movie we were talking about? For punk, oh punk, no, punk way. no way, no <laughs> way. So they're on bad terms. This is his official Instagram. <laughs> wow.
2: So <laughs> So he's going around just <laughs> You got one punk legend dissing another punk legend. Oh, this is what you sent me Yeah on text and my phone is so stupid that I couldn't see it because oh, the no. quality sometimes sometimes photos that people send me from yeah. Apple products turn up like like they've been shot through a potato on <laughs> yeah. my phone and uh I couldn't see what the deal was, but this is fascinating. Wow, that's uh, it's crazy. So, so that, we <laughs> we just added fuel to that fire. We just
0: added fuel to that fire. Maybe you we can get Marky Ramon us. on. That would be
2: I. That'd like, be pretty awesome cool. if we can get Mark Clear Ramon the on. Air,
0: Marky. Clear the Come air, Marky. Come on, it'll Marky. make you feel good. Yeah, you know we could. Uh, you can be vindicated on the episode of the Gentleman's Golf law podcast for sure. <laughs> All right. Um. By the way, you know what time it is? It's time to uh, no announce. Time. Yeah. The winner of this week's Father's Day giveaway. Oh, yeah. Ready? Ready? Ready for this? Ready okay. for this? Ready for Go for this? it. All right. Let's get that drum roll. And the winner is Megan Burdell. hey So you're going to win uh, the Father's Day gift package. comes with a corncob pipe Corsi of Aristacob.com. And it also comes with some Cooper and French uh, uh, shaving soap and aftershave balm, as well as some Phoenix shaving uh, aftershave cologne. Yep, yep. And uh, some uh, Gentleman's Cough Law swag. We've got a uh, koozie in there, a little punk pin, some stickers, uh, lots of little extras there. So, uh, Megan... Maybe this is for you, but I'm assuming maybe it's for your husband or your dad.
2: That's so sexist of <laughs> you, Jordan. How dare you assume what? one? Assume Megan's gender, and two, assume why she, what she's gonna do. She may be a a, a pipe smoker and a lady wet shaver. She may be. She may. She and may that's use fine that too. that thing on that her that's legs. Fine too. Um. Either way, but. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna assume that she's gonna give this to her dad or something because <laughs> exactly. it's Father's Day. I don't yeah. know.
0: And congratulations for winning that. Uh, stay tuned for a little uh, DM and coming you, from thank us. You, on, thank you. Thank you for listening.
2: On. Thank you for listening. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure.
0: How else can people support the show, Donovan?
2: Well, I know that we're on Patreon. <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> well, I know we we do that thing. And actually, soon I think we're gonna have a lot more stuff on Patreon. There's gonna yeah. be a lot to look forward to.
0: I still have a backlog of things I gotta post this week. So people cool. that are patrons, sorry that we haven't posted some things. Do uh, it. It's been a busy week. But there's some we've got some actual video interviews of a yes. Chad Robesha interview. Yes. yes. Um and that'll that'll be cool. I yeah, I might I, I just realized I have the recorded video episode of uh Jocko. of Jocko's podcast yeah, oh, that yeah. I've got to post on oh, there. Hell, yeah. So we'll be posting uh You can some see you cool can see stuff.
2: Jocko get really close to the mic, you know, to the <laughs> to the camera like this. It was intimidating. It, it was, was intimidating. Tough. Uh but uh but also a pleasure. Uh you can find us on com, and you can also find our merch there, which is uh t-shirts, uh, koozies, mugs um flasks a lot of thematically you know a lot of cool uh, stuff pint glasses and um I mean, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube. I mean, most social media. Like our Instagram. Stuff. You know, we try to post our Instagram. As, leave as us a review on iTunes if you yeah, want. This is going to um, be a good summer. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to be posting a lot, and we're going to be getting a lot of good content out there. Also, so check us out. Maybe some video coming very soon. Yeah, video. Maybe we're gonna sooner than you'd think. Yeah, we're gonna showcase some of these awesome products and and. And just showcase our awesome personalities <laughs> on video.
0: Speaking of products, uh, if you still are looking for last minute Father's Day gifts, um, we'll put a link in the show notes to last week's if, episode. If, if you
2: are looking for last minute Father's Day gifts, God help you. Yeah,
0: some of these you could order on
2: Amazon. Prime oh, for and sure, still get it you, in time. you'd be fine. Yeah. I just, I just like you know, <laughs> I fun, fun little segue of a Father's Day story. Huh. I order my dad something on Amazon. And it told me it was going to be there within, like, a week. And sure enough, it wasn't. And I was like, oh, somebody must have stolen it off my front doorstep. Turned out they were like, no, 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 it's just going to be a couple days more. And I was like, no, a couple days more. And then I checked yesterday on the day it was supposed to arrive. And they said, we've refunded your purchase. (laughs) It was just like, oof. Uh, Well, I guess I'm going to ask my brother to... Get or something. if
0: you could buy maybe that same item from another seller, maybe it's
2: true. But you know, honestly, over the time that it took to get this item, yeah. I was like, maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> you know and like it just wasn't like it wasn't the most meaningful gift oh, and i actually think that i'd probably just be better off chipping in on one of my brother's and sister's gifts which i think is a little bit more meaningful and you would probably get a little bit more joy out of yeah so yeah so it's hard buying for my dad because he's already got everything he wants that's always the thing is yeah. like dads are very hard to dads and grads no i'm
0: that's and, why you got our gift list, our gift uh, yeah, ideas from last for week. For sure. That, <laughs> that, is,
2: that is why. There's something for everybody on there. But dads are notoriously hard to buy for. So, yes, do check out check, check, check out our gift list. Too much whiskey. But <laughs> Too much whiskey. It's fighting this cold. Uh, check out our gift list and, and pick something. Uh, pick something, uh, damn it.
0: did you, Donovan? Yeah. You are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. As are you always. Thank you. And uh, you listeners, have a happy Father's Day, and also have a great week. And Donovan,
2: stop futzing with the <laughs> damn knife. It's, it's in my nature.
0: This has been the Gentleman's Scoff Law Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com.
2: Captain says, it's ice on the river We ain't getting home if we don't break through So damn cold, I can't help but shiver Rise
1: and shine, we got
2: work to do Hey!